0: You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at AskWardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Hi, everyone. I've got an assortment of fermenting containers and ferments like this kombucha here today because we're going to talk about alcohol production in ferments. Is it possible to have alcohol-free ferments? Or maybe you've heard that alcohol is in all ferments. We're going to get to the bottom of that today. Let me welcome you to Ask Wardy. The transcript is ready for you at askwardy.tv. Look for episode 127. Today's question comes from Elizabeth L. It's actually a question I get a lot. I'll read you exactly what she said. Hi, I'm interested in starting to use ferments in our home and doing some research on lactic acid fermentation. Wondered if you could help me. I've been looking at your website, and from what I can understand, lactic acid fermentation does not produce alcohol. Is this correct? Or does it produce a small amount of alcohol? If it does produce alcohol, is there any type of fermentation that eliminates the production of alcohol completely? Thank you for your help. Elizabeth, it's a great question. And over the years as i said we've received it a lot so i figured it was high time we didn't ask wordy and answered it uh, once and for all then in the future anyone who asks we can point them to this episode one two seven and by the way elizabeth is getting a free gift a free mini e-course in order to answer this question we do have to go over the process of lacto-fermentation how lacto-fermentation works Fermented does mean alcoholic for the most part, but let's get into it specifically. So lacto involves the work of lactic acid bacteria. They consume the sugars and starches in food, like um, cabbage, turning it into sauerkraut. And in that process of fermenting the cabbage into sauerkraut, they produce three things. They produce lactic acid, they produce ethanol, which is a form of alcohol, and they produce carbon dioxide. Now, that kind of lactic acid fermentation is called heterolactic. And the only reason I bring that up is because there's a couple instances of lactic acid fermentation that is called homolactic, where these certain strains of lactic acid bacteria only produce lactic acid. No ethanol slash alcohol, no carbon dioxide. There's a particular strain for buttermilk and cheeses and even a particular strain involved in sauerkraut. Additionally, there's yeasts involved, and yeasts produce alcohol, and later on it's converted to vinegar if you let the process go too long, but yeast fermentation just produces alcohol. Although I could be wrong about this, my reasoning is that in our homes, we're fermenting with a diverse and varied beneficial bacteria and yeast population. We can't control it down to the few strains that that do not produce alcohol. So most of the time, even without trying, our ferments, such as kombucha, or I have some fermented olives here, they're gonna produce some alcohol, even without us trying. So that's the bottom line. Fermentation, for the most part, means there's alcohol. So it's just the way it is. If you need to avoid alcohol completely, you probably should avoid fermented foods. Now you might be wondering, but how much alcohol is in ferments? Because something that's alcoholic could have a high alcohol content to be avoided, but some foods could have just a little bit and maybe that's allowable. You have to decide that for yourself. And there are several situations off the top of my head that I can think of where being cautious about alcohol consumption is important. So certain medications shouldn't mix with alcohol. Uh, Children shouldn't consume alcohol. Pregnant moms shouldn't consume alcohol. Alcoholics shouldn't touch alcohol. Some people have religious reasons for not consuming alcohol, and there's more reasons besides. Those are just the ones on the top of my head. And even though I can't give you specific amounts, there's so many variables. There are some guidelines that are going to help you determine which ferments are likely to have more alcohol than others, and then you can choose or, you know, proceed in your kitchen what, what works for you best. So here are some guidelines. First one is that fermented uh, fruits and other high starch, high sugar uh, fermented foods and beverages are likely to contain more alcohols from a half a percent up to 2% or even more. While on the other hand, low starch, low sugar fermented foods are like sauerkraut, probably don't have nearly as much. Another go- rule, if something is fizzy, it likely contains alcohol, like fizzy kefir, fizzy ginger beer, fizzy kombucha. And if you've been wondering if fermented beverages contain alcohol, then the answer is yes, they do contain at least some alcohol. Naturally, fermented sodas tend to be fizzy, are often made with fruit. They're likely to contain alcohol. That, That kind of a situation encourages alcohol production. Now, if your ferment is done in an airtight container, And that's why I have some examples here for you to show you what's airtight and what's not. So if it's done in an airtight container, this is a um, three-gallon crock that has a place to put a water seal. And once you put the lid on, this makes it airtight. The German crocks that are similar to this one are called Harsh Crocks, if you've heard of that. Harsh, H-A-R-S-C-H, it's probably the name. This one is from Ohio Stoneware. These have a water barrier, a moat to make it an airtight situation. The water prevents air from getting into the crock. You can create an airtight fermenting environment with a phyto jar such as this. Now I just have dried fruit in here, but there are kits on Amazon from Picklet where you can take a phyto jar and you can convert it to be an airtight fermenting container. So if you're using an airtight fermenting container such as a phyto jar conversion or one of these crocks that has a water moat, Because alcohol, in the presence of air, eventually converts to vinegar, even if in this closed system you're minimizing the amount of alcohol, you're also locking it in and preventing it from being converted. So it's kind of a catch-22. Elizabeth, you're writing the question asking, is it possible to have alcohol-free ferments? To my knowledge, it's not possible. You're going to have some even without trying. But here is how you can minimize alcohol in your ferments and some of this is going to be a little repetitive because i just showed you some guidelines but i'm just going to step by step walk you through some rules you can follow to keep alcohol production down number one ferment low starch low sugar foods so you probably for this rule would be avoiding fruits and you'd be sticking to low starch like cabbage for sauerkraut two if you do ferment sugary foods such as fruits allow them to sit in the open air for a while after the fermentation, for the alcohol to convert to vinegar through your powers of observation. Fizz goes down, alcohol taste goes away, vinegary taste goes up. You're gonna have to use observation for that. Three, start your ferment in a closed fermenting container, such as a crock like this, or a phyto jar conversion that the Picklet offers. So you're gonna start your ferment in that. Once the ferment is kind of done, you know, like if you did milk kefir, you know, it's set. If it's sauerkraut, you know, the cabbage has gotten to the point where you consider it fermented, then you you would change to an open-air situation to let any alcohol disperse and or convert to vinegar. Four, avoid fizzy ferments. And similarly, you would ferment foods until done but not longer to minimize fizz. An example of this would be if you're making dairy kefir, you would make your kefir until the milk is thickened, And kefir, by the way, is very similar to yogurt, but it's thinner, and it typically does produce more alcohol if you let it get to that point. You would just ferment until it's thickened, but don't let it get fizzy. And that's how you can keep the alcohol down. In case you're interested, my friend Patty wrote an article for our site. It's called Fermenting in Picklet Jars. I just told you about the conversion kits to to um, convert your phyto jars to that. The link is at the show notes, askwardy.tv. Look for episode 127. And in that article, she talks about using a closed air fermentation system such as the Picklet system um, to reduce alcohol content as well as other things like histamines. So anyone that's having histamine intolerance is gonna benefit from this as well. If you'd like more fermenting info, reviews, and recipes, I have a Lacto Fermentation 101 video series on our site. You'll find the link to that at the show notes. If you haven't already, I have a free download for you. It's a cheat sheet called Fermenting Formulas, the Fermenting Formulas Cheat Sheet, because all ferments basically follow general formulas. You need a certain quantity of fruits, certain quantity of veggies. Um, you might add a starter culture, a certain amount of salt, certain amount of brine. And so in this document, I give you the formulas for salsas, relishes, chutneys, pickles, krauts, beverages, you know, just how much of the major ingredients you need so that you can create safe to eat, delicious ferments using your own seasonal ve- vegetables and fruits, whatever you have on hand. You can get that at tradcookschool.com slash ferment sheet, where ferment sheet is all one word. And also we do have an extensive archive of fermenting, did I say that right? Extensive archive of fermenting recipes at traditionalcookingschool.com. If you go to the show notes for this recipe for this post at askwarty.tv episode 127, you will find a link there. Thank you so much for coming to this week's episode of Ask Warty. I hope to see you again same time, same place next week. Okay? Bye-bye everyone. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Warty wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, Tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy or send an email to wardy at AskWardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of AskWardy, go to AskWardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at School on the Periscope app or go to Periscope.tv slash TradCookSchool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com/slash awiTunes right in your browser. And while you're there,